Welcome to the Coworkers Podcast with Jesse and Shaney, where every believer is a coworker in God's mission. What's up, friends? How are we doing? Coming at you from cold Rural northern Missouri. Missouri. Yep. What's the best thing you've eaten since we've been back in America? Oh, there it comes. Um, I just can't get over just good old street tacos. I love them. Mm, with beef? Yeah. And yes. guacamole? Every, every, yeah. Everything I eat, actually, with those two things. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. What's the thing that you have enjoyed most about being in America? We're here for a short time. Yesterday, I rode around with my dad to go buy tractor parts, mm-hmm. and it was wonderful. Yeah, there you go. The simple joys. <laughs> That's right. Of country living. So we were recently in San Diego and a couple places in Texas, mm-hmm. meeting with a lot of goers. And one of the questions we were asked a lot was, how can... We prepare better as goers. What do yeah. we do in our last few months or year in America before we're hoping to move mm-hmm. overseas? So we thought, let's talk let's about that a the bit. the question. Yeah. How do you become a goer that people want on their team? That's the question Yeah. that we want to answer in this podcast episode. So here we go. We have a few things that we want people to think about. These are Some of these are our standard answers whenever we get them from young goers, people that are headed to the field. And... Um, What we really want people to think about, the way that I frame this biblically, is when you look at when Paul went out on his second missionary journey, this is when he recruited Timothy. That happened at the beginning of Acts chapter 16. It says, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. This is verse 1. A disciple was there named Timothy. Okay, it explains he was the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. It says in verse 2, he was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. In verse 3, Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. So how do you become a goer who is well spoken of by the believers around you and somebody that a team leader like Paul would say, I want this person to come and join my team? Mm. That's the question we're answering. Yeah, that's a good way to frame it. And we do have, we have eight things for you and we have them divided up into a couple different categories. Okay. So the first three are things that just every Christian should be doing well, Yep. right? And then we have a few that are normal, like adulting skills, Mm -hmm. life skills for any adult going into a career that you should have. And then the last two are a bit more specific for goers. For missions, yeah. Okay. Much like the conversation, I think, around elder qualifications, when you look at 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, where it lists out the qualifications to be an elder in a church, what people have said for years and years is that, hey, this is actually just what a good, healthy Christian should be like. Right. And so a lot of the things that we're talking about, to be a healthy goer, to be a good am on the field, a lot of it is just like, hey, this is the stuff that really Christians should be doing anywhere. Right. Right? The first one is to pursue the Lord, to pursue your own deep, abiding relationship with Jesus. Yes. I think one of the main pieces here is just consistency like that you have demonstrated consistency, a consistent pattern of meeting with the Lord. It is a normal part of your life. We actually talked about this when we interviewed Vance Pittman a couple episodes back about, you know, do you fit your time with the Lord into your schedule or is time with the Lord, is your day organized around that? And so I just think that if you, an ongoing pattern of demonstrated regularity in this, consistency in your time with the Lord, primarily, you know, that being time in the Word, 
time in prayer, but also all the other things that go around that, abiding, you know, regular practice of confession, regular time of just pursuing obedience as the Lord leads and as the Lord speaks to you. And over time, even showing progress in those things. Like it says in 1 Timothy 4, again, Paul talking to Timothy, let all see your progress as you grow and develop in these things. So a track of like, hey, I'm improving in this, improving in these patterns and these habits of following the Lord. I was thinking about when Jesus met the rich young ruler Mm -hmm. and told him like, here's all the things you have to do. And they were just like the basic commandments. Mm -hmm. And the ruler's like, oh, these I've been keeping since my youth. Mm. Like easy peasy Jesus already doing all that. And I'm hoping that if there are listeners out there thinking like, oh, here we go, abiding again, Mm, that we would just love to encourage you. Maybe you don't know your need for this and just go deeper. There's so much more and so much deeper. Yes. Don't take it for granted. And and also don't be don't be like constrained by a a quiet time. Hey, I knock it out every morning at 7 a.m. Like, oh, I'm good to go. So fun fact, I was a flute performance minor in college. Mm -hmm. And she's a flautist. I am a flautist. Uh, Flutist is also correct. It's acceptable. Beats he dead. Yes. But anyway, a musician never gets beyond practicing their scales. Hmm. You always practice your scales, all your minor and major scales. You practice Hmm. all of them. And then when you know your E minor scale really well, then when you are, when you face and you see a piece in E minor, your brain and your fingers are already ready Hmm. to do that well. Hmm because you've practiced your scales. That's good. And I think abiding is the same way. Mm. When you've practiced day in, day out, praying, praying with your spouse, confessing, sharing the gospel, then when you go overseas, you already know those scales and you're able to keep doing them and the change in your environment doesn't stop you. I remember as we were walking through the gospels in church and we came to one of the many instances where it says that Jesus went alone, went off alone into the wilderness to just spend time with himself and with the Father. And the comment by one of our colleagues as we were walking through that, that when Jesus came, I think he comes down from one of those specifically into the situation. Yeah, that's right. Where the the boy says, this this kind can only come out through fasting and prayer. And Jesus is able to cast out that demon immediately, the unclean spirit. Mm-hmm. And just that his time with the Lord had prepared him for whatever he had to face that day. Mm-hmm. And just to think about our time with the Lord as well, and even this, pursuing the Lord so that we are prepared for what life has for us that day. Mm-hmm. That it's not like we have to go do something separate, but that we've pursued him to such an extent mm-hmm. that we are prepared to do yep. what he calls us to do. We're ready for it that day. Yeah. And if you're married and if you have kids, just doing that together as a yeah. married couple and as a family, getting that really solidified is also super helpful. Well, we spent a lot of time on number one because that's actually the most important one. So that's okay. Yep. Number two is to pursue the lost. So this is really just the pattern and the habit, just in the same way that you would in your abiding time with the Lord. But is this a regular part of your life? Sharing the gospel, opening your mouth, saying the good news of Jesus Christ to lost people who need to hear it. That would be spontaneously, maybe at work or maybe relationships that you meet on the street, neighbors, friends, whatever, more planned times maybe of being out in the harvest together. Maybe that's with your church or other friends who care about the gospel and you're like, hey, we're going to go out on these nights every week. It's going to be scheduled time. 
But just so that this is such a consistent pattern and a rhythm and something that you have demonstrated experience and reps over time in. This is such a key. This is the the bread and butter of what we do, is being able to share the gospel with non-believers. And we have found that over time, the people that have come out to the field with a proven track record of this, that they've demonstrated by their actions that this is something they care about, something they're committed to, something they've done a lot. Those are the people I feel like that really thrive when they come to the field. They don't have to be taught how to do it. They don't have to be convinced that it's important to do, but it's something they've already demonstrated before they've gotten out there. So if you're not currently in a situation where that's happening in your life, I would just encourage you to get some help through your church, find some people who are good at it, who are doing it, and just join in on that community so you can get that into your regular schedule. Yeah. And I would just say, don't don't take this lightly. <clears throat> don't treat this as something, maybe even like an obligation where you feel like you have to check this off. Do everything that you can to become more and more comfortable with this over time. That's incredible preparation for you coming to the field. Okay. Number three is to serve and participate in your local church meaningfully. This is, again, like number one and two. These are things that all good, mature Christians should be doing. And so this is really to say, to bring that servant's heart to the church, to be able to say, hey, we're willing to do anything. We are so blessed on our team by people who come and they're willing to just say, hey, whatever needs to be done, I can do that. And they even take action. They're proactive to do that. I would just encourage you in your church setting as well, not just look for places where you can sign up, but be proactive to maybe even lead, identify needs in the church and say, hey, I want to serve in this way. Maybe there's not a regular outreach program. Maybe the way you serve in the church could be to say, hey, I want to start, I want to provide this for people. I want to provide training. I want to provide you know, a time, a regular time as a church that we go out together and to be that voice for us in the church. So not just serving, not just that kind of humble servant attitude, but also an attitude of proactivity and leadership in your church as well. Be a person that the believers will say about, they will speak well of you, like we just read about, about Timothy. So along with those three, the next three tips that we have have to do with some life skills and Mm. adulting skills that you would need for any profession. And the first one is to work on your time management and a hard work ethic. So for most of our people coming overseas in the first term, it's a really big adjustment to adjust to the lack of work hours and the lack of here's exactly what you do each day that comes with with the work that we do on the field. So that's already a big adjustment for most of our people. However, if you have worked a job in America and you're used to working hard, spending 40 hours at least a week on a job, then that helps. And if you have some time management skills, you're used to managing your schedule. You know how to schedule in your daily quiet time, your work hours, proper rest that you need every night, your exercise time, all of those things, you know how to work those out into your schedule. Yeah. I think we really can't emphasize this enough that your schedule is really your own when you come to the field. Yes, there's team. Yes, there's a team leader. Yes, there's maybe language learning rhythms that you step into. But just to emphasize again, really, you are the primary mover in all those. You are the primary planner. You are the steward of your own schedule. There's nobody unless, I mean, there could be some unique team situations where it's already very rigid and scheduled out for you. That's going to be very rare that that's the case, especially in our part of the world. 
that you have to be prepared to be very proactive and very intentional about those things. And for a lot of people, and it was, I think, for everybody who comes out, that that is a learned skill, that you need to look for opportunities to, again, demonstrate that you've been able to do that well, that you've been able to manage yourself well in the situation that you're in now, knowing that that's just going to be even much more so when you get to the field. For new people that are long-term on our team, that means full-time language learning. Mm -hmm. So letting that be your clear expectation in your head that your your full-time job is to learn language. And then when you're finished with language learning, to have the expectation of 40 hours that you're spending in the missionary task, 40 hours of being out, sharing the gospel, meeting with new believers, meeting with ministry partners, talking with them, training people, training people, small groups, big groups. And if you haven't had an opportunity in your life to really own your own schedule, then that's something you can practice. You can have a mentor. You can share with them on every Sunday, here's my schedule for the week, and just have someone else's eyes on it and let them see how you're spending your time. Do that for a month before you come on the field, and that will be just a great help for you. Okay, so number five is to work on your emotional health. Yeah, this is something I think is, I think we've become more intentional about talking about over the past several years as we ourselves have been, I think, growing in our own emotional health, but just recognizing the great need for this. And honestly, I think it seems like it's more acute or at least more out in the open with younger folks as they come out. Uh, We're seeing a lot of anxiety, seeing a lot of like history of emotional issues with people that have come out. And I think more than anything, helping people to identify things, helping people to walk in the light. Walking in the light is a huge uh, culture piece, kind of a DNA piece that we put in in our team over the past several years. What that means is, you know, we usually talk about that in First John one in its original context in terms of being able to being willing to expose sin in your life. But it's become more of a general pattern of life for us of whatever's in your heart, being willing to walk in the light in community with other people in that. Now, so I think that it means identifying some family of origin issues, identify things that might trigger anxiety for you, identify things that have been difficult for you in the past, maybe some even past trauma, and being willing to deal with those things in the light and being willing to bring those things into, maybe if there's some counseling that you could pursue in the States before you launch out, talking with your prospective team leader and other team members about things and building already an assumption of, hey, this is what health or at least pursuing health will look like for me when I get to the field. Yeah, we're definitely not saying that if you ever struggle with anxiety, that that's a big red flag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think a couple things would be one is if you do struggle with anxiety or fear or depression significantly, then that is something you need to really make progress in before you move to another context. So I would get help and learn the coping strategies that help you and get really good at those so that then you can apply those on the mission field if you are emotionally healthy enough to go. Yeah, please don't hear us say that it's a disqualifier if you have that in your past, but please do hear us say that it is an important thing for you to address and to walk, like we said, just walk in the light with people that you're in community with right now. Your church that you're a part of, Make sure your church leadership or the people that you're working with in this process know about that 
and are a part of you walking through that to pursue more healing and to pursue more emotional health. I think over time as well, our goal and our prayer and something we've seen the Lord do in our own lives and in the lives of some of our coworkers is that when they walk in the light in community, even in a difficult place like being in the field, that you can see greater degrees of health in your life. For sure. And to see, to look at it with a, an aspect of hope. Like, hey, this could be really great when I get on the field as I'm walking in community, obeying the Lord, doing what he has for me, that he can provide all of my needs emotionally on the field as well. Yeah. Good. Okay. So number six is to work on your communication and conflict resolution skills. Mm. This was something we really needed to grow in in our first term. We did not arrive on the field with the skills we needed in this area. What? I know. Sorry. Come on. But the skill of being able to communicate your needs to your team leader, your expectations of your team leader, proactively addressing miscommunication, misunderstandings, offenses, letting that be something that you grow in, in your ability to do that well, instead of ignoring things that you talk about them. A common issue that we have found is that many times teammates are disappointed with their supervisors or they have unmet expectations that they have never said out loud to their supervisor. So if you have needs or if your supervisor or team leader is not fulfilling your expectations, it is your responsibility to tell them. Mm -hmm. They can't read your mind. We've also seen people that sometimes for the sake of not wanting to be a bother, will keep things to themselves. It's like, oh, that's not a big deal. I don't need to bring that up. We've just found over time that I think as leaders, we would rather hear things from people than them feel like they're not bothering us by keep, keeping them to themselves. Right. And so over time, that's just been a thing we've tried to encourage people to do is, hey, if there's issues, if you feel like they keep coming up, they're consistent, we want you to talk to us about them. And I would say as well, we want you to talk to us about them that means at the very least, pick up the phone, if not have a face-to-face -face conversation. These types of things are not good for texting. This is something we talk about on our team from time to time is, hey, pick up the phone and call a person. If there's an issue, especially if there's some kind of misunderstanding or problem, start with a phone conversation and set up an in-person conversation to talk to them face-to-face. -face. Okay. I'll try to do better. Okay, well, I'm talking... <laughs> That's for a friend who's sitting right next to me. Just kidding. No. Um, all right. So now we have just a couple that are more specific for actual goers to the mission field. That's right. One is to dig deeper into learning about missions and doctrine. Mm -hmm. We are church planters. That's what we do. We talk about the core missionary task a lot. We have talked about a lot about where the foundations of that come from, that it's built on the pattern that we see in Scripture of what the first followers of Christ, filled with the Spirit and in obedience to the Great Commission, were doing as recorded for us in the book of Acts throughout the New Testament. And what we would love for people who are coming to join our team is that they have spent significant time studying that pattern for themselves, that that's something that they have grown in their own conviction of, that, hey, this is important. This is why we do this. This is the biblical rationale for the things that we do. And so that they come out with a a solid biblical foundation for what we're doing. We're not talking about kind of basic, what we would call basic missiological principles. We're not discussing those or debating those, that people are already on board with what we are convinced of in the scriptures. And really, even beyond that, a lot of good 
biblical doctrine. If we're church planters, we need to be convinced of what the Bible says about church, what it means to be the people of God together, what the Bible teaches us. And I'm not saying, you know, you have to have really advanced knowledge or even have studied a ton about it, but you need to be equipped. You need to know what the word says about the things that we care so much about and the things that we're pursuing. And so that when you come, you are a trustworthy participant of the in the team and in the work that we're trying to do. Good job. We have some good book recommendations for I'll people put as in well. In that episode note. That's right. Let yes. the Nations Be Glad hmm. by John Piper. Or right now. Read it. <laughs> Just say it. Throw it out say there. Say them all. Go ahead. Well, no, that's the main one for right okay. now, I'll say. Paul the Missionary by Eckhart Schnabel as well. Let's put that out there. It's a little heavier. It's a little heavier. They're both yep. kind of heavy, but they're great. Yeah. So foundational for us. Good. Okay. The last one is, if possible, to go on a short-term mission trip to your prospective location and see it and experience it and try to get a feel for what life and ministry would be like there. One good reason for that is it helps you to know what you're signing up for. So it makes your commitment, whether you're going on a two-year term or you're going indefinitely or going for three years, you know what you're signing up for and you can make a meaningful commitment to that term and you can count the cost and you can understand things like, oh, this is going to be hard there. That's going to be hard there. Those will be some of the things I'll face. Mm -hmm. And it, I think it just helps you be more prepared for when six months in, nine months in, life's really hard, mm -hmm. that you're ready to persevere. And recognizing that there's only so much of long-term life that you can experience on a short-term trip. Mm -hmm. So that's a reality, but I think it is also just a good, a good practice. This, and that's why I would not say to someone, Hey, you should not go at all unless you've been on a short term. Right. Trip. Definitely not. But it is as much as you can make that avail yourself of that opportunity, then you should, mm -hmm. you should see it. You should experience it. You should get out in life. You should talk to people who live there, who are doing the work like we do in that environment and just try to get a taste for it. It is, I think. With a lot of these things, maybe kind of to sum up a lot of what we talked about, you know, it sounds like maybe we're we're saying a lot of shoulds, like you should do this, you should do that, yeah. right? Almost like we're trying to set the bar pretty high, which I think is appropriate as we're thinking about goers. Because we do want, like we said at the beginning, we want people who are well spoken of by the believers who know them, somebody that we would want them to accompany us on our team. That's what we're shooting for. Yeah. And so maybe a parallel would be when we're sharing the gospel, we found over time, especially maybe with sharing with Hindus, there's times in our gospel presentation or there's times in our relationship where it's almost like we're trying to talk them out of it. Like, hey, you need to count the cost. Mm. Hey, you need to make sure that you recognize what's going to happen if you say yes to this, that you could have these difficulties, these struggles from your family. But we all know as followers of Christ that when we're asking them to do that, when we're almost trying to talk them out of it, we know that if they say yes, it's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. If they say yes, man, all these things will open up to them, right? If it's truly the case that they're being called by the Lord to a relationship with him, the other side of all the stuff that we're kind of warning them against is going to be awesome. And so I would just say the same thing for this. If you say yes to him, if you're going through these things, if you continue to feel the Lord leading you, if your church is affirming you, if the team on the field is saying, yes, we want you to come join us, it's going to be awesome. We love this life. We love this work. So many of our coworkers would say the same thing. It's an incredible invitation. 
So I just want to put that out there as an encouragement to you. If maybe some of the things that we've said seem kind of daunting to you, I would just encourage you with the Lord's help and in faith to continue to move forward in this calling and that there's a great reward in this life for those who say yes to this. Yes. And just to be growing in these areas. Yeah. Right. We were not awesome at these in our first mm-hmm. term. Let me Speak assure yourself. you. So just to be growing. And we recently in our trip to Texas got to spend time with two couples who are on their way to the field, one of whom has a South Asian living with them. Both of them. Oh yeah, both, both of them do. Both families have South Asians living with them. One lives in the middle of an apartment complex surrounded by South Asians. They are sh- learning how to share the gospel. They're learning how to eat Indian food. And it's it was to us just a great example of how to take preparation really seriously and practice just loving the people that you're about to go plant your life among. That's right. One of those families had a roach problem. So that was also some they great did. preparation yes. for them. Yes. They also live in West Texas, and we got to experience a haboob as we were driving there. We, we typed we drove up these notes in the middle of a Two hours ha-boob. of a haboob, which is a very like South Asian type It's a Asian big sandstorm, okay? That was a new word for me. Yes. it's Yeah, it's an actual word. We're not making it up. But yeah, that's, that's like a foreign experience. Correct. It was a different culture. That's some good preparation. Mm-hmm. Thanks, folks. You know who you are. We're talking about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, fam. That's what we got for this episode. That's what we have. And one fun announcement is we're in the middle of making a new website and it is going to display a lot of great tools. We'll have some new things coming out. So be on the watch. It's going to blow your mind. Mm -hmm. Thanks. All right. Bye, friends.